Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. In this podcast, we'll be having discussions around the secrets which attract lasting, healthy, fulfilling relationships, creating a healthy mindset, and what women should know and understand about men. Introducing your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts, relationship expert, trainer, speaker, and best-selling author of The Cupid's Bow Technique. Lynn's mission is to have a positive impact in reducing divorce, domestic violence, and suicide. Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. This is your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts. And today, listeners, I've got a lovely lady. Her name is Constantina Stammel. So welcome, Constantina. Thank you, Lynn. Thank you for having me. Constantina is a relationship coach, and she's going to be talking with us today around... Currently, we've got a pandemic. So if you're listening to this in the future... (laughs) This is 2020 and we're in a bit of a lockdown situation because there's a global pandemic. So we just wanted to discuss how that is impacting relationships and specifically trust in relationships. So Constantina, thank you for coming. And what's your thoughts around this? Well, um, a lot of couples have experienced um, quite a big challenge with the pandemic. Um, the fact that we have stayed indoors for such a long time with no um, ways of releasing tension. Uh, let's say a lot of people used to go to the pub after work in the UK mm. or um, to the gym or they see friends or they go for coffee or to, I don't know, to a cultural event. And so they, they had all these ways that they were dealing with situations at home and they were able because of these releases to go home and be a bit more relaxed so if there was anything they had to um, converse about that allowed them to be a bit more um, in a kind of easier body let's say more relaxed state but with all these things not available to them they go home or they are still at home and so let's say an argument begins and there's no way to manage the tension apart from uh, meeting it head on and yeah. so repeated arguments over uh, the period of the lockdown i mean the uk has been about four months now mm-hmm. um, it has um, eroded quite a few quite a lot of relationships obviously there have been relationships that have not been affected on the opposite they have strengthened the couple has found ways to to deal with um, the challenges that uh, were coming up for them um, others uh, you know the pregnancies have occurred um but yeah but for these couples it has been quite tough and so with these repeated arguments and these repeated stressors that kept um, appearing for them the relationship has been chipped away gradually a little bit do you think it's actually magnified then being in this sort of um i suppose controlled lockdown situation where we are more or less having to live with our partners 24-7 with, like you said, no sort of external release away from that. Do you think it's probably magnified what, what potential problems were already there before the lockdown anyway? Yeah. So the, yeah, the couples who have been struggling during the lockdown are couples who entered it with unresolved issues already. So it's a little bit like um, looking in the mirror now. Um, and uh, the confinement, it's... Um, it's a little bit like pouring oil on fire. It has um, exaggerated uh, people's reactions and 
yes, it has not allowed them to find ways to resolve it because it's been so overwhelming for their mind and for their body. So what do you think are the potential answers to this then? Um, when you think about it from, you know, what, what you advise your own clients, Constantina, around, you know, if you've got somebody coming to you with, and they've got these exact issues, what are the first steps that you um, give guidance around? Well, it's a little, it's a little um, tricky to, uh, because different couples will need different things. So, for instance, I was uh, reading earlier today about for, uh, how some couples, um, they are now so financially stressed they are not able to to separate for instance and so they're looking for ways to to come back together because that option is out of their out of the table basically that card has been removed so it depends on where people are but perhaps one of the a good start would be to take some time and to really assess for themselves what is it that i would really like for myself what is it that I would really like for my relationship in the future, in the, in the days ahead? But regardless of what the experience has been so far, what is it that I would like to, to have from now on? Because unless things have really reached um, the bottom, let's say, it's always possible with a goodwill and, and intention to bounce back. It, uh, it's just that uh, the longer or the more a relationship has been affected, the harder it gets to bounce back. So, but it all it will all start um, from clarifying that question for, for for people. It's like, what is it that I would like for myself, and what is it that I would like for my relationship in the days ahead? Yeah, and asking your partner to do the same, you know, in a moment of calm, because obviously there is going to be moments of calm where you can speak you know, once the heat has gone from the situation and actually ask those questions of each other and of, of yourselves, isn't there? Yes, exactly, absolutely. Yeah, we can, we can do stuff on our own. We can um, help the relationship progress from our part. But eventually we do find a point where the other person has to step in. They have to come in and take ownership of their, whatever they bring on the table. So... Uh, the relationship can progress to um, to happy state. We're not on our own. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and, and always recognizing that we always have a part to play in whatever's happening. You know, it's it's very easy, isn't it, to keep finger pointing and laying blame on the other party. But you know, that we equally, I think, in a lot of these situations, have to ask ourselves, you know, some difficult questions of our own words yes, and behaviors I sometimes, don't we? Absolutely, you're quite right, because um, it's um, it's you know it's two people coming together and creating the relationship. It's two people coming together and having that interaction. The challenge is that sometimes, because we're so close to the relationship, it's hard to see the part we play, and uh, it's it can be emotionally painful for some people. So, so are there uh, some case studies that you could probably share with us of scenarios that? Uh, you've come across recently and, and how they've potentially been resolved or given guidance? Um, a couple that comes to mind is um, they've been together for some time, but over the last um, four to five years, they have grown a little bit apart. And so um, they have wanted to, to come to, 
to come back together again, but they haven't been able to find a constructive way to do this. And so by working together on the small everyday changes that they could introduce to their relationship, gradually over time, they found that they were able to experience a, a deeper connection and that the distance between them was shortening. But it took a quite a, it took a little bit of work for them at the beginning to realize why each of them had to play their own part. Each of them had to take responsibility for what they were doing or for what they were doing and was not working mm-hmm. to accept to move forward. It's, um, you know, because we come with beliefs and we come with perceptions and we come with uh, our own experiences. And So could you give us some examples of what was going on with, between that couple then so that our listeners can get an idea of, of the scenario and the circumstances and maybe they can relate to it? Um, it had to do a, a lot with uh, long working hours for both of them in particular. And so that meant that they were not spending as much time with each other before the lockdown. Mm-hmm. And so um, that meant that they were coming home, each from their own part, um, being stressed and not prioritizing the other person, prioritizing more what it is that they wanted and what it is that they needed in the moment for their day to go to go well. Not intentionally, obviously, it was just how they were used to to dealing with themselves and with uh, with relationships in general. But because that they were their relationship was relatively new, they still hadn't. Um, I think the, the honeymoon period, let's say, for them lasted for um, for quite some time. So, so they were not able to see that it was um, that that was how they were behaving in the relationship until they reached that point where they could feel that the distance between them, it was a bit kind of palpable. And so when you find yourself in lockdown under such circumstances, you realize that, oh, it's actually awkward to spend so much time with my partner when I've been kind of avoiding them without realizing or when we had such a long hours during the day when we were not together. Mm. And so, okay, how do we deal with that? It's a... you know, you, you don't necessarily know that what you're doing is working, that your partner is also dealing with the same challenge. And uh, if there's been, um, if you, if during that process you have forgotten that you can trust your your partner, you can you can trust this relationship, then you will find it. You you might find yourself that you're testing their my part your partner's intentions, and and so that can prolong the distance or they can prolong the time that the couple experiences that distance. So what um, actions did they put into place to sort of regain that closeness again? So for them, it was about um, re-experiencing physical contact, physical touch. It was um, about re-acknowledging each other. This was at the beginning, though obviously we did uh, Mm-hmm. things that as, as well down the, the line so it was uh, about re-acknowledging them each other in the day and in their conversations in ways that felt it make, helped each other feel seen and that they were present for their partner and so it was the consistent practice of that that helped them gradually to start to feel more comfortable in each other's company again and to be able to talk with um, 
kind of more ease and relaxation about more challenging topics that they were also facing, like some communication issues that they had. Yeah, because I think sometimes we can get so wrapped up in our own minds about, you know, he's done this, he's done that, he should be doing this, he should be doing that, and having those expectations going up and getting so fixated in our heads that, you know, we, 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 we stop, we don't stop to pause and think, actually, let me just listen to what he, he's got to say to start with. Let him feel acknowledged, let him feel, you know, appreciated, let him feel heard. And by doing that, we open the door, don't we, to, to then having them reciprocate back again. Yes, absolutely. And, and also listening sometimes can be the hardest of things. We might be so preoccupied with the world as we think it, how we have um, interpreted the situation in our minds. So it kind of, can be uh, quite challenging to relax a little bit and to really put the intention out there into just listening to what the other person says. And even when we do that, um, also, we might be prone to misinterpreting things. Um, again, you know, words going through our filter. So how do we, how do we make sure that we can listen to the other person well? And so one of the things to learn here is to reflect what somebody hears to the other person. Did I understand this right? Is this what you meant? And that is one way of helping us learn how to listen. Yeah, because to kind of show to the other person, yeah. yeah, that they are they have been heard. Yeah, that's a valid point because sometimes, like you say, we can we always are looking through the lens of our own perception. So sometimes, when somebody says something, even if we've heard it, you know, um, we can perceive it has a different meaning to what actually they intended it to be. So clarifying, you know, it back to them and saying, "Is this what you meant?" is is it's huge, I think, you know, and I, I feel that needs to be stressed if there is any confusion or if you have misinterpreted it probably in a negative way in your own head. You know, it, it definitely is worth repeating back and asking, is this what you meant? Very true. And also because um, for some people, it can, um, they will go, it's just how, mind, uh, how our mind works sometimes, right? We might just go straight into an assumption that we got it right. Um, but that if, if we start to observe the situation escalating, then there is somewhere down in that conversation, something happened, something we did not interpret very well, or something we expressed in such a way that was interpreted in a different way than we intended, intended by our partner. So checking in with each other, is this what you meant? Is this uh, what I heard? Is this a good, valid summary of what you were talking about? It can really help um, a conversation move along quite smoothly and easier and just jumping into assumptions and reacting to what we hear yeah definitely you know it's all about considering your response rather than like you say being reactive and firefighting and and being defensive isn't it absolutely absolutely and also you know not getting too much in your head whilst you're listening but actually you know be a dynamic listener and actually listening without actually having uh you know your own retaliations already prepared when they pause for breath <laughs> to fire back at them isn't it very true very true indeed and you're touching on something very important as well like um, the need to be present and during the conversation uh, so basically if somebody like you said has been thinking about how to retaliate and they're thinking ahead they're thinking of the future in a way that it hasn't necessarily happened you're operating more from a kind of fantasy point of view 
as opposed to just really taking the time to just stay there and listen and feel the partner and, and really make sure that they understand what the partner is asking even it's even though even if it's coming through a criticism or mm. an act or a doubt or anything that's uh, that could be thought of as negative so really what is my partner telling me and not allowing the mind to jump into um, future interpretations of what could go wrong or, or of what uh, um, oh yeah of how you said it of how i could retaliate because they're out there to get me when really they're not yeah absolutely and i think it's all you know it's, it's more or less um being aware you know to have the conversation from a heart place rather than a head place you know and because the head place is all about pride ego and protecting you know uh, you isn't it and uh, feeling that sometimes if if there's a threat there we need to defend it and uh, whereas if we can like we discussed previously be fully present and you know what i'm going to give you the gift of me being fully focused fully present i'm not going to be texting on my phone i'm just going to give you my full attention and let's do that for each other and i'm going to really listen to what you've got to say and then you know uh, i would love you to be able to do the same for me exactly absolutely and and um yes absolutely minimizing distractions when there is a an important conversation to take place it's a it's an act of goodwill and it's one of and uh, the tiny small gestures that can reinforce the idea that we can trust our partner. If, if pe when people enter relationships um, with, um, with challenges in, uh, in, interpret in interpreting another person's reactions, they, this uh, on its own doesn't necessarily always get resolved. All we find is that we keep entering situations where we are faced well, sort of with that uh, difficulty from our part to kind of make sure that we have understood exactly what the partner is communicating and that we're dealing with the situation in, in, the, in the best way. Um, but um, looking for ways to improve the way a couple communicates, looking for ways to own our challenges in our conversations is what can help. Um, obviously conversations kind of take place easier, but also um, to facilitate kind of the, a, a safe a foundation or building a safe foundation for the relationship to cope with whatever is thrown at it. And in this case, a pandemic. Yeah, definitely. Um, because quite often, you know, the breakdowns or um, conflicts that arise aren't, aren't necessarily over big stuff you know they can be quite over trivial things and usually it isn't necessarily about our partner it, it can be you know a trigger from our past you know our, our childhood that's come up for us that that they've inadvertently sparked can't it yes absolutely i mean one of the things that came up during the lockdown for a lot of couples was who does the dishes <laughs> like <laughs> Exactly. And you would think like, seriously, is, is this how, how important can that be? But, you know, you might have the partner who thinks that this is just a dish. It's just a thing. And then you might have the partner who thinks, but this is symbolic of you caring about me. It's a gesture of, of goodwill or looking after me and the family. 
And so you have this clash of, uh, of perceptions and ideas that they're not being communicated, they're just, they're coming across as a reaction in the conversation. And so, you know, with, with uh, there's not really an attempt there to understand what the other person means. It's just an attempt to kind of butt heads and kind of decide who can survive that kind of crash. Yeah. And then um, that person will either do the dishes or uh, willing, willingly, let's say, yeah. or, or grudgingly. <laughs> You'd probably be grudging me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, sometimes, I mean, I, I've joked about this, but, um, you know, with, with my partner previously, um, he, he used to resent making a cup of tea. You know, he used to think it was my job to show my way of caring for him was to make him a cup of tea. And I said, well, I really appreciate it when you do it. And initially he used to make it, but I could tell it was made from, from resentment. You know what I mean? And so I used to playfully say, you know, has this been made with love and affection or has it been made with resentment? <laughs> yeah, the spice in the tea. <laughs> Very true, yes. But he, he got the message, you know, and he, it changed the atti his attitude towards it because I said, I don't want it if it's not been made with love and affection. Exactly. Exactly. Because it, it's not, I, I mean, it, it's hard to see this, right? It takes, um, I think it takes experience and it takes that, again, goodwill. We tend to see gestures of love and affection only from the way we want to make them. But often there is so much more to experience and to give and to receive when we make gestures of love in the way that our partner needs to receive them or wants to receive them. Because it shows that indeed we're listening, but we're also paying attention. We are getting to know them and we want what's important for them. We acknowledge it. And so that's uh, one for, for the tea in this case, it was it's one, it's a small way of showing it, but it has such meaning behind it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the sort of ways that I've um, educated people to deal with um, potential conflicts because like we've just been speaking about in the can be over such trivial things like who does the washing up or who makes the cup of tea um, you know is to have that playful response isn't it yeah exactly exactly to bring indeed to, to maintain humor and in the interactions and in the conversations and to not jump into um, well, catastrophizing probably is the extreme, but to to be generous with our partner, probably that's a, a better way of saying it. Generous with their intentions and generous in the way that they understand us and understand their relationship and to kind of be willing to help them see the situation from a kind of loving angle. Yeah. It's it's like what you said, like you 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 told your partner is this with um with love and affection, sorry, I think this is how you said it, or with resentment. So you kind of helped him actively to see it from your point of view and to realize that actually the way he was interpreting it was his way, but not your way. Yeah. <laughs> it worked though, it worked a treat, you know, because um, he did, you know, and, and he willingly then, you know, made lots of cups of tea thereafter. Um, <laughs> Brilliant. You know, from, a, from a place of, um, you know, knowing that he was doing it from a place of love. Yeah. And I mean, um, I mean it's a funny stuff for me. Um, 
years ago I was with a partner who was very much into doing stuff and um, I, I had a challenge of seeing that but for him to really indeed change a light bulb was an act of love and but we never really openly discussed this so I was never really able to understand that until much much later when we were not together anymore so you know you know you don't know how relationships could shift once both partners are willing to to talk about what's important to them and how they see the world as opposed to just stubbornly keeping our own view yeah because like you say you know even the gift of him thinking that changing a light bulb was an act of love you know never crossed your head previously yeah exactly <laughs> exactly absolutely Thanks. <laughs> It takes, yeah, it takes, uh, it takes experience, I think, and it takes uh, all conversations. It takes that willingness to to come together every time. I think it comes, it, it can come down to that, like making actively the choice of returning back to the relationship, finding ways back to each other all the time. Yeah, because um, as well, you know, understanding that men think differently to women as well, you know, around this stuff, because I can remember speaking to a guy who, you know, thought that buying his sister a fire extinguisher for a car was an act of love when that, I knew, was the last thing she wanted or would, see, <laughs> would receive it as such. But that's how men think. They think of more practically, don't they? Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's, it's important, right? And it's useful. And, and uh, yeah, it has its place like ours, our perception often more about or, or uh, often about words and feelings and emotions and an internal experience it also has its place so but i mean we can think about it as our mutual strengths and when we have you know if you think in business when we think of teams we're looking to bring people with different types of strengths so they can balance the team they can balance each other just similar here it's just that i think um i mean if we take the kind of the light bulb example that, for instance, that relationship deteriorated because there was not enough communication. Hmm. We were not looking to clarify our positions. So we were just looking to stubbornly keep them. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, yeah, but in, for instance, in your, your example with the tea, you were looking to really communicate what it, this meant and your partner was willing to listen. So there was just this willingness to adjust and to come together and to keep coming back to you. So he never really stopped making the tea. He just realized that by making it and by listening to you, he saw your perspective. And that made it a loving gesture. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I think it was interesting to, for you to say, you know, when we're not looking to be the same as each other, we're, we're looking to complement each other because, you know, a great team doesn't perform by having, for example, in a football metaphor, you know, 11 goalkeepers, there needs to be that diversity and strengths from the different parties involved. Exactly, exactly. Absolutely. Very true. So do you think there's a way back, once trust has, has been broken in a relationship, do you think there's a way back to, to rebuild trust or do you think it depends on what's broken the trust in the first place? Yeah, I think it depends. And I think also... Um, the emotional impact he has had on the person who has been, uh, who's experienced that bit kind of betrayal. Um, 
you know, we know people can come back from affairs. We know that it's possible to rebuild relationships from that, for instance, and to also experience a stronger relationship because of that, because it forces people to reassess who they are and who they are in relationship. And so often the people who can bounce that back from that is the ones who take responsibility for their thoughts and actions. But it, we kind of have to also keep in mind that the more we jab at a relationship, it's not, um, we, we do something to our minds for both people. And so it's possible to kind of cross the threshold of tolerance or, or of safety or, um, of, or of what it means to, to be comfortably with another person. And so for a lot of people, if that threshold is passed, it's just not, uh, it, it's just too, too hard to go back from. And so a lot of people would choose that it's not worth the, the energy anymore. But, um, but generally, um, we know what builds trust. We know that it can be broken down. We know that there are specific actions that lead to trust. So if trust has been shaken and has been eroded, but it has not been completely, hasn't really broken the relationship, I would, I would imagine and I would think that it's possible to come back to it. It just takes quite a commitment, quite a commitment from both people actually. Commitment to, to keep coming back and, and ignore doubts and uh, uncertainty that has been experienced before and commitment to keep coming back from the other person to showing that they can be trusted, they want to be trusted, it's important to them, it's important for the relationship and this is how they do it. Genuinely, of course, and, and lovingly, not just to, um, what's the word? No, no, satisfy not tokenism. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not to just satisfy their ego. Yeah. So, so what sort of things do you think people need to do to, to rebuild trust if it's been broken a bit? Um, I would say um, the first thing is what we talked about earlier at the beginning is to, to be willing and to find ways to start to listen. To listen to what the other person is saying, to listen to what they're asking through the way that they're asking it. It might not be the ideal way. Like I said, it might be through criticism or it might be through nagging. It could be shouting, whatever. But there is always a request that if somebody is willing to sit, take a step back and to really listen to it, they can understand it and then they can check with their partner is this what you mean? Is this what you mean? Is this what you need? And also, um, once that's been heard and understood, to kind of make the gesture actively try to go back towards the partner in the way that they, the partner needs it, even if it's in a small way at the beginning, to just to test it. Yeah, sorry, I heard, I thought you wanted to say something. I was just going to say, so if, what about if you've got one partner that's quite insecure and, you know, they want to, for example, keep checking your phone or keep ringing you up or you know and they want that constant reassurance is there a balance to be struck in that situation where you feel it's might probably a bit of a breach of your privacy and and there's no reason for them to distrust you but they're just a bit insecure um there i would say that it's a great opportunity for the partner who's been who's picking the phone uh, who is answering the phone to find some time 
during the day and sit down and express to their to the partner who's calling how much they care for them and how much they love them and how much they're there for them and to really do the best they can to emphasize it and for the person uh, and to give that to the caller let's say to give to the to the caller as much time as they can for a few hours at least and then the person who's doing the call um, it's a great opportunity for them to start to assess why is it that i need this so much from another person why do i need so much of reassurance from another person and what could i do to start building it on my own or with the help of a coach i mean this is why we're here this mm. is the, the profession that's the reason it was established so how can how can i find ways to build that certainty inside me because it will not just help me it will help my relationship it will help my partner and will uh, allow us to carry on well and healthily in mind and body for the years ahead absolutely and on that note um what is the best way that our listeners can get in touch with you constantina um the best way is to contact me directly um they can use my email um is it okay if i can say it uh, yes yeah just share yes, your email yes, and sure, then yeah. any other contact details i'll make sure goes in our show notes Great, thank you. So it's Constantina um, with a C, C O N S T A N T I N A at the lantern, like the little lamb, dot com. Constantina at the lantern dot com. Sorry, dot UK, dot UK, dot UK. That's embarrassing. No, I've heard this for a while. I just don't know why I said dot com. It's dot UK, dot UK. <laughs> Okay, so Constantina at the lantern dot UK. Yes. Is that correct? Okay. That is correct, well, yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for sharing your wise inputs around um relationships and trust and the impact that you know the present situation with the COVID lockdown has had on people. I'm sure that the lots of people listening would have found great value from that. So thank you very much, Constantina. Thank you so much, Lynn, and thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. So finally, listeners, it just leaves me to say that true love starts with opening our hearts. And until next time, goodbye for now. Thanks for listening to the Hearts Entwined podcast. You can follow Lynn via the Facebook group Two Hearts Entwined or search Lynn Smith inspirational speaker at LinkedIn or email lynn at hearts-entwined.com. That's L-Y-N at hearts-entwined.com. Remember, true love starts with opening our hearts.